Welcome to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. I'm your host, Meg Ricci, and this show is about taking the mystery out of women's hormonal issues and struggles. And I'm so happy to be back today doing a podcast. And I'm really, really sorry, everyone, that uh, I couldn't air a podcast a couple of weeks ago. We had a mandatory evacuation in Charleston due to Hurricane Dorian. I stayed, my producer Lindsay stayed, my crazy friends stayed, and very thankfully, we went from a Category 3 to a tropical storm. So here we are today. And um, before I dive into today's episode, I would like to uh, tell you about next week's episode that we were supposed to record during uh, Hurricane uh, Dorian, and that'll be lifting the veil on depression, what big pharma isn't telling us. And the guest will be Dr. Caroline Smythe. She's a functional medicine MD. She's amazing. She's been able to get so many people off of meds, so really, really excited to have her. We tried to record this uh, podcast three times. Hopefully the fourth time will be a charm, but it will be a dynamite show. So today's podcast, I am over the moon because it is um, an area that I talk about with all my clients. And the title of today's show, Is It Ever Really Good Enough? What are we actually striving for in our lives? Do you feel at times that no matter what you do, it just doesn't seem like you're doing enough? And I hear this over and over again with my clients. So what is this dangling golden carrot that so many of us are reaching for but never seem to attain that keeps us striving for something that is outside ourselves? So how do we get back to creating balance in our lives? Or maybe we've never had that balance, and this will be the experience that we need to create that. So the reason I chose this topic is that when I work with clients, whether they're in my office or I'm working remotely with someone, whether they're in Philadelphia, Ohio, out in Chicago, these are the clients I've been working with this week, or out in in Seattle, I want to be able, my intention is to hold the space for what these people need. It's more than the nutrition. It's more than the supplements. It's more than a detox program. And it's more than just the acupuncture. Again, my intention is to hold the space so that person can start creating changes, creating a change of perception in their lives that correlates to how they value themselves. So is it ever really good enough? And that's what I get to explore today with two of my wonderful clients, Angie Caraviello and Amanda Greeley. And ladies, I wanna thank you for joining me on the Hormone Lifestyle Zone, so welcome. Thanks. Happy to be here. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Thanks. So, Angie, you know, tell us about you. Tell us about what you do. You know how you move through life, and what brought you to me, and and what we started exploring together. Um. So, I am a OR nurse. I work on trauma and transplant cases um, at a level one trauma center, and then I also have a, I'm a life coach as well. And I was definitely burning the candles at every end possible (laughs) and had hit a place where my body wasn't functioning well. I didn't have enough energy. I couldn't lose weight and I just kept barely making it through the day. And that's when I reached out to some friends and my one friend was like, you need to see Meg. And I thought, okay, it's time. I need to see someone. And so, um, I remember the first time coming to see you thinking, okay, yeah, I just need to lose some weight. Let's start this journey. Let's, that was my only concern. I needed energy and I needed to lose weight. And then it was like a huge weight lifted off me as soon as we started talking. What, why did it lift? What, what were you experiencing? Because when you came to see me, you know, as a nurse, nurses work 12 and 14 hour shifts. And God bless you guys. I have two sisters that are nurses. I have a ton of friends that are nurses and nurses nurse practitioners. You guys are the backbone of medicine and you work super hard and you get super drained. Yeah. Super drained. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably depleted. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's like probably the tip of the iceberg, super drained, I guess what is calling mm-hmm. it. Um, 
I guess the weight was that like someone understood me. Someone understood what I was probably going through, and you were like, re- you were ready to listen to all my concerns. Um, and that was over a year and a half ago. And I must say, every time we connect, whether it's been a month or a couple couple weeks, it's I like to, it's. I know we both call it the fine tuning. We 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 sit down, we have these conversations, and I'm like, oh yes, that's the next thing. That's the next piece of the puzzle to help me find the balance that I need. Well, I think what's interesting too, because when you came to see me, you were a vegetarian. We made a lot of changes over this past year. You leaned in really hard. Yes. So I was how, ready. You were ready. I mean, I was very impressed. I don't. I mean, did you feel that I was going to ask you uh, to make those changes and incorporate animal protein into your diet and more fish? I didn't know what your. I think I was just ready. I wasn't. Okay. I didn't know where you were going. She was really but, good. <laughs> I You're just, really compliant. You're great. You dove right in. I yeah. love that. <laughs> but what I love um, about our work together is the conversations that we have. And I feel that is such a strong part of this healing process. And going into, and, and Amanda, as I pat her, held, hold her hand, I want to bring <laughs> her on in a moment. But can, you know, for you... What do you feel? I mean, do you feel that echo at at times or that vibration of, am I doing enough? Is this right? Yes. I feel like I'm constantly telling myself to take a deep breath and not do more. My mantra that I have for myself that probably started about a year ago is I am enough as I am. That's big. That's hitting right home. I love it. And why is that so important to you? Now you're going to make me cry. I know. (laughs) I didn't come here to cry. That's okay. (laughs) Um, We hold this space for wonderful things here. Because I have a tendency to want to try and save, save it all, do the best I can do and everything. And you can't do that and hold on to yourself at the same time. I am moved by that. And you've been doing such an incredible, I don't want to say a job, but such a beautiful way of carrying that with you each day and in an allowing. I think, I think part of this discussion is, um, this conversation, is not, it's getting beyond the doing and it's the allowing in our lives. So Amanda... Let me let the, I would love to hear. Okay, following a trauma OR nurse is like following a real badass. I have a very different <laughs> career, but this is it's really fun to be here. I am a Charleston-based designer with a line of shoes called Thelma, which I've been doing for nearly 3 years on my own now with with some help in various places, but it's a very tight operation of Italian-made shoes. They're um, beautiful. <laughs> and then I also have the pleasure or I guess uh, pleasure of working on a New York based um, underwear startup called Cup which has taken me to New York a lot the past couple of years and so kind of having these dual startup experiences at the same time which are each unique and quite different in their own ways but um, that my job you know for Cup is really to decide what is our product and why, and why do we exist from a product point of view, and how do we best serve women in that space? And then Thelma's a little bit more about creating a really well-made, good, kind of the old slow way of doing things and not growing too quickly and not creating a lot of waste or things that need to go on sale and Mm. go away. It's supposed to be timeless, and they're meant to be worn and beat up and, and last. So, you know, it's kind of a turn on its head approach to fashion, which more and more people are kind of getting into that as we are realizing how much like waste and stress fast fashion can cause in the world. So on one hand, it's creating just a beautiful, special thing, but there is an underlying kind of different way of approaching, I would say, fashion. So that's what I do. Um, and if to segue into what led me to Meg, um, I had... 
I've always kind of been a little bit hippy dippy when it comes to approaching self care. I'm, you know, <laughs> dangerous to like Google things that late at night when I'm not feeling well. I, I do have always or have long believed that, you know, what you put in your body and how you treat yourself really does affect how you look and feel. And I basically had this stubborn little skin thing going on for, you know, the better part of a year and a half or two years. And, you know, no amount of Googling <laughs> was leading me to the answer that I wanted to get to or making me feel better. And I think a lot of people would have looked at it and been like, you're crazy. I don't really see anything. Um, but it was enough and it was irritating and it was affecting my mood and self-confidence. And I also was just aware that, you know, whatever was causing that could have been the root sign or symptom of something that was a bigger problem. So I wasn't really interested in going to a traditional dermatologist to get a topical prescription. I really wanted to know, like, why is my body doing this? And so I literally just took to Google again and and found you and found that you were in Charleston. And I, I really liked um, you know, what your site said. And so I was like, I have nothing to lose. So I reached out to you and we got on the phone the next day. And, and that was at the beginning of this year. So it's been nearly nine months yeah. or that was the end of last year. So, um, yeah, it's been nearly yeah, nine months since we've been working together. God, little baby is born. I know. <laughs> my, my. Yeah. Yeah. No, you came to me. Um, oh my gosh, this is, you had a skin condition. I can't remember. Was it itchy too? Not really. It was, it was sort it was like some form of dermatitis, yeah. just like small, sometimes red. Like it, you know, I think people might, it didn't look like acne. It was smaller than that. Just dryness, irritation. And it was on my chin and I could, I could hide it most of the time. It was on your back too. Oh, that was a different looking thing. That's like white spots. Well, yeah. So that's like the tinea versicolor thing. But it was yeah, all yeah, related. Yeah, you had a few. Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah you had a My a skin few, was like reflecting things. something yeah. that I was like, I'm not into this and would love to fix this and figure out what's going on. So we, yeah, we addressed some underlying yeast issues, candida, cleaned up diet, mm -hmm. and uh, we did some supplements. And you, combining that with acupuncture, but what I found, what was really interesting about our work together were the conversations, and actually that's what I really find where so much of the healing takes place with people. It's what's said in the room during a session. And some things that just fly out in conversation was like, where did that come from? Or, you know, we had, I'm, I, I want to share this because I, I think it really, um, it really has really influenced today's uh, topic. You came into the office, I, I think, probably about six weeks ago. And you were, you had a lot going on with work and a variety of things. And you had said that you just didn't feel that you were doing enough, that you weren't hitting that creative stride. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting how things physically going on in your body c coincide with things going on externally. And I think especially because I work on a couple different things, sometimes I feel just really scattered or like I'm not really channeling myself into like one thing and then it feels like things suffered and then I get down on myself because I feel like I'm not putting all of myself, not that you should ever put all of yourself into something, but I feel like I'm not giving things the energy they deserve. And then if you couple that with physically feeling low on energy or sort of depleted de from depleted traveling from, I, I've been traveling, traveling a lot. And then, you know, when sometimes when you're traveling, depending on where you are, it's easier or harder to eat the way you want to eat or sleep as much as you want to sleep. And, you know, it can all kind of culminate in this just like ugh, emotional outpouring of like, I'm not, I'm not succeeding. <laughs> and I really showed up that day. And I mean, I probably, our appointment probably coincided with a time when I really needed it. Cause I think it was very emotional, just feeling like I wasn't doing everything I wanted to do with you. I wasn't doing things I wanted to do for Thelma or for cup and just like, it was a, a, a day. <laughs> and I, you know, and I, I feel that I remember that conversation and thinking at that time, that is when we have to ask ourselves, when we feel like we're not doing enough, mm -hmm. what really is going on is, what do I need? Right. What do I need in this moment 
that because there's something that's striving for something outside of myself, but mm -hmm. there's a way of drawing back and saying, wait a minute, what is going on inside of me that I'm feeling as if I'm losing my center, that what I do or who I am is not good enough in the world. Right. And I feel that for all of us, including myself, and I'm going to share my story of, uh, I made a 180 about two months ago in deciding to stay here in Charleston, and it was that good enough syndrome. But it, I think it's so important to go inside when we are feeling kind of like as if the world is becoming too much. What do I need? And just sit with that. You may not know, but just to hit the pause button and also knowing that what perfection is just doing the best we can in the moment. That's it. And sometimes, and I'm guilty of it, I'm a type A, I will have the longest list, an agenda of things that I need to do. And then the day completely becomes a shit show and I couldn't get one thing done. And I have to look at it as if, you know what? Today's what it is. I did the best I could. Tomorrow's another day. I'll figure it out. So Angie, what, what are you feeling about this? I, you've had a lot going on in your life too. Um, yes, for, <laughs> I am the typical list maker as well. <laughs> and I will make extremely grand plans for every day as if I'm going to stay awake for 24 hours um, <laughs> to do them all, which that won't happen. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think it comes down to a lot of times looking at that list and being able to be like, None of this has to happen. Yeah. I need to feed myself. Mm -hmm. I need to feed my daughter. Mm -hmm. And other than that, this is all a, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I've definitely had those moments over the past year, especially with the change, like going through nutritional changes and things like that over the past year and a half. It, there's definitely been days where I'm like, how am I supposed to make something healthy today? And I'm like, no, I just need to take a step back. And that I just need to find something nutritious like something that can make us through the day here. You don't have to worry about everything else. And I feel that what we're looking at is how do we create balance in our lives? And, you know, I had, I had a um, conversation with my friend actually a couple of days ago, and he's been working on projects. He's like, you know, sometimes you just got to put yourself out there and you've just got to do it. I said, yeah, that's fine. But if you're not eating right and... If you're not working out and you're sitting at a desk 14 hours a day, that's not balance. And again, I feel as if when we're working that hard and things take a while to fall into place, we have to balance other areas of our lives because basically we're spinning our wheels. I see that so often. I think one thing that's interesting that's going on a lot now that I've recognized, especially I think in, in work I do, but I'm sure you see it as well, is almost pride in how busy or stressed out yes. one oh, yeah. can yes. be. And yes. so it's almost like a, it's a badge of reason honor. To, to brag, or it is yep. a badge mm -hmm. of honor. And <laughs> and it's just so ridiculous and wrong. It's such a the bad way to approach life. And I've I've started like trying to completely staying away from talking about even when you are busy it's not mm -hmm. like you need to be so proud that you're busy <laughs> it's like are you taking care of yourself and I've also realized when I'm not like I'll show up cranky to something mm -hmm. and, and that's not how I want to show up I mean it was before I met you probably three years ago I had this aha moment of when I'm dehydrated I'm just crabby mm -hmm. and it's as simple as like drink some water. <laughs> and so kind of that became one of the first things I did like in my adult life of just like, don't be dehydrated if you can, like just drink water, um, goes a long way. And so like, it's so interesting how self-care can really affect how you pursue things, how you show up, how you dive in and just go for it. Because if you're not in a good space physically, mentally, like it's probably not going to work out the way you want it to. Yeah, I mean, we we live in a world that we're constantly, we move forward in a, in a way we're just constantly driving ourselves forward, and that's very young in nature, and it's a way of doing. We don't spend enough time being and cultivating that, and I part of it is, I feel, that we've become so addicted to adrenaline, we don't know how to be, 
And a lot of times when I have women come to see me and they're trying to get pregnant and this is a time that they really want to make those changes quickly over a four-month period so they can try to start, you know, having a child, they don't know how to be. They're just busy. Like they get home from work and they're just doing busy stuff as opposed to giving themselves the opportunity. When you come in at night, take a walk with your husband after work. Go read a book. Take a bath. Actually, start creating a relationship with you. We don't, we're very, you know, it's funny. We, we're not comfortable with ourselves. We're not comfortable in our own skin in a very intimate way. That's why I, I, you know, I make recommendations to people. Take a moment out of the day and maybe do this three, four times a day. Just take 10 deep breaths. Take a deep inhalation and exhalation. And just do that 10 times with your eyes closed. And what that does, it just takes you out of a sympathetic response and just centers you. We've forgotten how to breathe and we've forgotten what it feels like to feel calm. We give ourselves permission to go on vacation and that's the one time that we allow ourselves to possibly chill out. I mean, what, what do you feel about this, Angie? Well, it's funny. Um, so you've mentioned that to me before. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't, about taking breaths, especially during my day. Mm-hmm. My work day is crazy. It's, you know, it's hit the ground running. There is no, like, mm-hmm. breaks. Uh, and just think, I'm not getting the 10 breaths in, but I'm getting in, like, a couple of different breaths. But to take that moment to just be like, okay, hold on, before I, like try and eat lunch hurriedly to then move on to the next task or someone else yeah. calling me. It's like, let me just take a deep breath. And it is a huge shift. It's a huge shift in your day. Yeah, I had written this down and I heard this the other day. Difficult moments make us grow. And I feel that for many of us, trying to create healthy balance. I mean, what, a few nights ago, we had the... Um, uh, potential Democratic candidates for president. They're all talking about health care. Not one person talked about health. And the rising cost of health care has so much to do with our lifestyle and diet. 75% of Americans are overweight. Over 30% of women are obese, and 35% of men are obese. Autism is on the rise. You know, various cancers, I can go on and on and on. Why we need to incorporate programs that teach people how to eat and take better care of themselves. And that is effort. Nobody said it would be easy. I say to everyone that comes in, you know what? You're going against the grain right now. You need to have food in the house. It's about preparing, having a crock pot and a slow cooker. But you know what? Food is medicine. And when we take the time to cook and when we take the time to spend with our family and when we take the time to actually make time to take a bath, we start slowing everything down and being able to hear that inner voice that allows us to hear, what do I need right now? What is of importance and value to me? So what do you feel about that? My thought response is that it's interesting how things like making an effort to take time to cook for yourself or take a bath. I mean, food, I do believe food is medicine, but also just like not rushing through and mindlessly eating something without even knowing what you're putting in your body. Like forget the nutritional content, the Mm -hmm. way you approach it is like goes miles in terms of the effect it can have on you. I, Mm -hmm. I feel like now I'm very aware of like when I feel my cortisol levels rising, like that stress response. And I had a funny, this is a little bit of a pivot, but I had a funny conversation with you about certain workouts even. Mm-hmm. Like I've noticed I'll go to a certain class and if the music is like up to 11 and it's like all techno crazy, I'm like, I'm stressed out yeah. being here. And I don't know if that's like the kind of workout I need. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, I almost wonder if like in creating that fight or flight response, I'm like, I'm not craving that right now. And so it's really interesting, I think, about how you spend the time that you're not working um, through food, through exercise, through just like, you can start to look at things like taking a bath as productivity, like almost Mm -hmm. being proud of yourself. Like that was productive. That was exactly what I wanted to do. And I did it and I feel better for it. And, And not see it as like, 
lazy or something. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of losing my train of thought, but I, I feel like the, the whole, it's so much more than just like actually what you're putting in your body. It's like how you approach it. Although what you put in absolutely makes, and, makes a difference. And I think technology takes us away from ourselves. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I feel <laughs> crappy if I'm in New York and even if I'm eating some grain bowl or kale salad or something, you know, totally nutritious and lovely. If I'm like, if, it, if I have 20 minutes to just rush somewhere, shove something in my body and rush back to mm-hmm. a meeting, like that wasn't a success. <laughs> like that's not how <laughs> I want to have lunch, but sometimes, you know, it happens. But yeah. I think opting to like not fall into that when you don't have to is it goes a long way. It makes a difference in your life. And sometimes it's easy to fall into those traps without even knowing that you're, that you're doing it. No. I mean, I moved down to uh, Charleston five years ago from New York. And I had, uh, I lived in New York from 74 to 14. So I'd seen a lot of changes in the city. And I had a really busy practice. And I decided to move down to Charleston because I wanted ease and grace in my life. Well, I moved down here in October of 14, and I have to tell you, for the first few years, it was really difficult for me to make that transition. And I had decided uh, a couple of years ago, about 18 months ago, you know, I don't know if Charleston is, is a good fit for me. I think I'm going to check out D.C. I need to be in a, in a smaller city. I miss my urban peeps. So was going back and forth to DC, seeing clients there, had an office up in DuPont Circle, seeing people here. And I started feeling kind of burnt out. And over the summer, I was sitting in my little Ford Focus. um, And I got a dumpy little car because I thought if I move to DC, I'm going to get rid of my car. And I will just use the metro system. And I'm sitting in the Firestone parking lot um, because I was just told I needed to spend $800 to get my AC fixed. I sat in the car and I said, you know what? Life doesn't need to be a struggle. I'm not doing DC anymore. I'm done. And in that moment, I felt such a weight lift. And in that moment, I felt like I was hit with such grace because I thought, why am I leaving Charleston? It's everything that I actually wanted a few years ago. It's easy. I have a beautiful practice here. The people are kind. And I don't need to create more drama and struggle and be in that rat race. I'm done. So I made the decision to stay. And I feel as if I made a complete 180. And I don't think I've been, I feel so at peace and happy with myself. But it took five years to get here. And I had to go through that struggle of surrendering and completely letting go and realizing that life doesn't have to be difficult and that it is about balance. And it's not just walking, you know, not just being that for my clients, but also having that beautiful balance in my own life and expanding my journey of fun things that I want to do. So I'm glad I'm here. Yay to Charleston. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because I, um, I had said to people, I'm gay, and um, I said to people, Charleston is like a beautiful woman, but I feel like I have very little in common with her. And now <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to date her. So um, I'm really, I feel really wonderful about it. It's I good. always, not to get on a Charleston <laughs> tangent, but I always find the size of Charleston to be an interesting one because yeah. it is this somewhere between more like a real city and like Mm -hmm. a small town. Some days it really feels like you know everybody here and everyone knows what you're up to. And other times, like these completely, like like I've met you, like I've met you, people just come into your life and you're like, I don't know everyone or everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I think, I don't know if you're guilty of this, but certainly me, my generation is so guilty of like looking on social channels and thinking, something somewhere else is better or more exciting or more like you based on something you see. You think I need to be more like that and change things instead of recognizing that all of those channels are 90% fake and where you are is what's real. And so like actually, you know, like it's not that 
this city necessarily had to be for you, but it's interesting. For the for now it is. Sure, yeah. but yeah. even maybe, you know, it's not the perfect place for no. everyone, but right. it's interesting what narrative you had created in your mind oh as God. to why you yes. had to leave. Yeah. And then to like, you're literally sitting at a Firestone parking lot <laughs> and you decide like, okay, I can be here and here's why and not make excuses for why somewhere else might be better. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's funny how what we perceive mm -hmm. um, to be really good enough. And then there's an expression, and I forget the writer, um, my reasons for leaving are my reasons for staying. Right. And I remember hearing that, or I think it was at Circular uh, Church, I'd gone to a service, and I don't know if it was in the, the weekly um, uh, bulletin or it was said, but I always remember that my reasons for leaving are my reasons for staying. And that's not always the case, but I think home is, you know, you know, there's a reason for cliches because there's some truth. Home is where the heart is. And I've learned, um, over the past few years, and I've had to move actually, I've never moved so much as since I've been down in Charleston. I've lived in a, uh, lived downtown in a few apartments. I actually lived with a friend. I put everything in storage so that I could go back and forth to DC and I'm very excited I'm moving into my own space. Um, that it was, you know, I, I had to, I made a lot of changes and I didn't, and I, and I moved, you know, being this little Taurus, I love being in one place for long periods of time. And I just had to pick up my stuff and move again. And, um, it's humbling, it's lovely, and it's a surrender to realize that wherever you are, you can make it your home for however long that is. And it's enough. I agree with all of that. <laughs> I am definitely on the path of how Charleston can be too much at times mm -hmm. and not enough. I had the, I grew up here, yeah. so it always felt like too small of a town. So I had to leave. But I went then to DC, right? I actually left and went so to DC for a while. Yeah. But then I came back and realized, oh, it's actually kind of nice to like have that sense of community where you can see people and know them. But then also have a moment where you're like, oh, I need my own space <laughs> and run into new people. You know, something that I wanted to bring up, and I, I think it's so important, is gratitude. And I, you know, I feel that what grounds us, and I've suggested this to clients and probably both of you, think of three things in the morning to be grateful for and three things that you're grateful for before you go to bed. And it really puts life in perspective. And how do you feel about gratitude? I'd love to hear. Um, I mean, I'm such like a little, I'm like that enough of an annoying rebel where sometimes when things get too talked about, it's like sometimes the word itself affects me in this weird way where I feel like mindfulness and gratitude, but then I have to remove myself from that. And I, whether you call it gratitude, whether you call it something else, I think feeling really content and present and just in a space can completely shift the way you look at something. And and lately, I think since working with you, I I do feel more of that in my daily life. I, you know, remind myself if I sign up for a yoga class and even if I hate it in the moment and it's really hard and hot, I can actually find this real joy of like, I'm getting to try things with my body that are hard and like not everyone, not the cliche of not everyone can do that, but not everyone can do that. And even if I don't look as good as the girl next to me who has like a perfect headstand, which I probably never will, um, I can enjoy that moment of being there. And same with like waking up and sometimes, yeah, you'll feel like the place you live is maybe not where you should be, but I, I'm able to wake up and love a lot of things about exactly where I live and get to walk down streets I think are beautiful and ride my bike places and like finding that real joy in little tiny things you get to do every day and choices you get to make. Like that's sort of the great thing about being an adult. Like I, if I really want a delicious iced coffee, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to ride my bike there because I enjoy it. I'm going yeah. to like, if you can build your life so that even if it's not a great day, you're kind of surrounded by small things that actually like do bring you real genuine joy and then being grateful and really appreciative that you're able to do that and create that for yourself um, can make a really big difference in how you go through a day. It's funny about I, I bring up gratitude because for me personally it has grounded me 
Um, it's allowed me to be more thankful. And I'm, you know, there's been a lot of challenges over the past few years. And I just, I've learned to give gratitude for those difficult times. Thank you for allowing me, me this opportunity to figure out what it is that I need, even though I do not have the answers. I'm open to whatever that is. Thank you that I have this day that I can go to my office and work with people and hold the space for whatever they need. And I may not know what that is. May I be that. And may I be for someone that just needs a smile or an open door. May I be that. And may someone be that for me when I'm having a really shitty moment. And to me, that's what gratitude is. And I've learned so much about gratitude by living here in Charleston. I think I have too. I think I've changed. I mean, I've lived here almost exactly the same amount of time as you have. I'm going on six years. And I mean, I moved here at a completely different time in my life than when you moved here. But um, I think I was like just becoming an adult, I would say. And I had been in New York for a few years. And so you kind of think... You're cool because you lived in New York, even if it was just a few years, whereas you spent like decades there. Um, you think you know like how to do things quickly and you're savvy. And then moving here completely changed me in a lot of ways. And I'm, I'm so glad that it did. Um, the things I value now are, are quite different, yeah. I think, than when I moved here. Um, I'm not saying I was a bad person before, but I just wasn't as connected with what I think actually matters in life. I think I was probably a little bit more superficial. Um, and I'm so grateful and happy to not be that way. Um, uh, and I give Charleston and the people here and, and the relationships I've made a lot of credit for that. So, so I'm going to ask you both again, what do you think or what do you feel brings you to a point of feeling it's good enough. Yeah. Um, that point yeah. of feeling good enough comes when I slow down, when I check in, when I see my daughter, when I see my husband, those kind of moments. That's when I feel that like, okay. Your heart centered. Yeah. And your heart. Exactly. Yeah. I get heart centered. Yeah. And I take that moment. That's when I feel good enough. But it's sometimes hard to find that when you're out in the midst, you know? Yeah, yeah. When you're out yeah. there doing work, when you're out there trying to tackle that huge to-do list that you've made yeah. <laughs> for no reason that you don't need to lists, do any of those yeah. things. So I've got, like, lists going in 10 different places about different things. Yeah. And I'm like, I, one, I should consoli- consolidate <laughs> And two... Like, yeah, you can put tremendous pressure on yourself for things that actually don't matter that much. And, no. you know, they can be helpful and functional, but sometimes you're like, why am I creating these when I, you know, is it going to make me feel like I'm not getting there versus actually helping me get through my day? Um, yeah, I mean, like, my, I'm still learning and growing about the good enough thing, but I think paying attention to how how you feel, how you interact with people, how you take care of yourself. I mean, I keep saying these things make a difference, but they they really do. I think, you know, I'm not at a place in my life where I have kids yet, so I feel like that definitely puts things or changes, puts things in perspective or changes things for a lot of people. And, you know, I hope at some point I, I do feel that. But right now I'm lucky, you know, I have my my boyfriend we live in a nice little place that we love or a fiance I should say Uh, which is very exciting um and so just it's interesting I I in terms of the kids thing I I think I will have kids at some point in time if I'm, I'm lucky enough to do that but I sort of feel like the work I'm doing now as being something I'm doing for that type of person in the future, like taking care of myself better so that I can take care of whether it's friends or potential kids or my parents just showing up better for everybody else in my life by like taking care of myself feels like a priority. And I recognize I have more time for myself than other people around me right now, perhaps um, because I am kind of on this Island. (laughs) Um, But you know, I think, that recognizing I might not have as much time for myself in the future, but while I do enjoying it and making sure I'm loving myself, taking care of myself, um, addressing things that, that make me feel less than, than whole. Um, but while even, I can. Th- even though you have a lot of time, you could totally be 
oblivious to that. Right. Which it's nice that you're like aware of that Mm -hmm. enough to set some boundaries. I mean, I tell so many people that I work with, you've got to... The boundaries thing is a huge thing that it takes a while to learn. I mean, I'm sure you deal with this a lot in your work because especially you're doing really intense work, but just recognizing, I mean, it's a cliche for a reason, but like learning how to say no when you don't want to show up for something is so huge huge. and it's not easy. Um, especially when you have to say no to people you like and respect, but you're like, I just, I can't. Um, and having like learning that type of integrity can really make a difference in your life. I think, you know, I started, um, listening to Matt Kahn about a year ago. He's a spiritual teacher. He's such a good guy. He's out in Seattle. And what I love about Matt Kahn is that, and I listen to a lot of his um, uh, videos and, and talks, he strips it down, the spiritual just practice or path to really simple stuff. You're just doing the best you can. If you're struggling, then maybe it's not time for what it is you think you want, that you have to allow it to happen. And I really encourage people to check him out on YouTube. He's really pretty, pretty awesome. And I feel that all of us on this path of figuring out what does it mean to, is it ever really good enough? And I think it's just a metaphor for finding a place within ourselves to say, you know, what do I need and how do I find that place where I can love me just the way I am for all my imperfections and for all my neurosis? This is who I am. And you know what? That is totally awesome. And to be comfortable with that. And you're right. Learning how to say no. Or if somebody is infringing upon your boundaries, you know what? You're being inappropriate. No. Step back. So good for you. Well, it's a work in progress. (laughs) But it's always a work in progress. Or, you know, that goes for me too. I want people to say, if I'm having a conversation with someone and and they're not, you know, if they're not feeling true or they're feeling uncomfortable, I want them to say, you know what, this doesn't feel good right now. And I want to hear them and go, oh, okay. We all have to be honest with one another. But there's a way to do it with compassion, and there's also a way to do it where we're honoring who we are. And sometimes just speaking our truth can feel really uncomfortable. And finding that place to say, you know, that is good enough. I'm always good enough. I'm more than enough. I'm I'm really good where I am. And I have to remind myself when I'm feeling inadequate, it's that little kid in me that probably felt that way and just letting her know, baby girl, you're really fine just the way you are. I used to remember when I was in therapy and my, it's kind of funny, and my therapist would have me or, you know, I would sit with a little version of me who was about four or five on my front stoop and I would sit with, with little Margaret and I would say, how are you? And she would throw bran muffins at me. My mom used to make bran muffins. And I always remember that she would throw bran muffins at me. She's like, you don't spend enough time listening to me and what my needs are, what I want. And I went, okay. So started hanging out with her more and seeing what that was. It really made a, a, a big difference. But, um, yeah, we're just all trying to do our very best, you know? I mean, I, I feel that a lot of the, the people that I work with, it's because I have a comfort in my own skin, and I can really show up for people and, is, this is, and, and be as authentic as I can be and allow them, you know, when, when you're in that place where you feel really good about your, or you feel comfortable, I think the best way for me, I look at me, do I feel good about me? I feel really comfortable in my own skin. It took a long time to get here. But the beauty of that is anybody can show up in my office or online and I just can hold the space for whatever that story is and just help people along in that journey so they get to the point that they feel really good about who they are. And when people feel good about who they are, little by little, they start making healthier choices. I do think that is one of my think. favorite things about getting a little bit older, like recognizing you change from as you go from your 20s to your 30s. Yeah. and. And recognizing that just by, you know, I think it's normal and healthy to kind of try on different versions of yourselves Mm -hmm. in your younger state. You're trying to figure out who you are, but, you know, those periods of life come with a lot of insecurity and, and, you know, no matter how you, how that insecurity manifests itself in your life, 
to shed some of that little by little can completely change how you show up in life and how you feel in a space or your ability to put set boundaries or know who you are. Um, I think that's one of the greatest things about getting older every year is like you move closer, you know, ups and downs, but you move closer to that. Like, this is who I am. This is what satisfies me and fills me up. This is what I don't need. And it feels good. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, the one thing that kept resonating with me when you were talking about that is like, I tried on a whole bunch of stuff and I was vegetarian for a long time Mm -hmm. and it did okay. And then all of a sudden it did not, it was not working. And it was time for me to try on a new approach to myself. And um, we had talked about the gratitude journal or gratitude. And so I've been journaling this past summer. I don't know that we've talked about this, but the past couple of days I've like, one of the things I've been writing is I'm thankful for feeling comfortable in Mm. my mind and in my body. And that was way far away for a long time. It was a, a show or not a show, but like a, a facade, you know, you had tried, tried on that facade and I was just trying to keep up the walls (laughs) to actually feel that, but to feel it, I'm like, it's it's okay. That's huge. Yeah. It's funny. I'm going to go back to the gratitude thing because it's, it's a, it's, it's a play, you know, we don't live a lot in our heart and in Chinese medicine, all healing takes place within the heart. You have to tap into this. And I think a place of gratitude or going in and, and, and living in that space. How do I say this? Gratitude for me is a way of learning how to be more intimate with myself, more vulnerable, more authentic, honest, and just open up about everything in my life. That is what gratitude has taught me. And um, I don't know, I just, I, I, I need it. I, when I'm driving in my car to work, I give gratitude for, I, you know, thank you that my thyroid meds are finally working. You know, <laughs> they, you know thank you that, that that guy next to me is, you know, let me in uh, to, you know, an old, uh, this great trucker who just would, Traffic, uh, traffic was crazy, and he just stopped and he eased and he let me in. Just all the little things, and I'm learning that it's all these little things, all these little experiences, is what allows us to grow. To know that everything is enough, and that's where I am in my life. And did the light just get brighter in the room mm-hmm. as we yeah. spoke? Yeah. Um, yeah, the one thing that made gratitude stick for me this summer, I think more than mm. before, was I'm actually gratitude, like grateful for things that don't seem like great things. Like I write down things like I'm fr- I'm gra- I'm grateful for my frustration this morning. I'm yeah. grateful for my anger. Things that I would have suppressed in the past and been like, well, let me ha- see how I can spin that real quick so it looks like something you should be grateful for because it really allows you space. Yeah. Well, uh, again, you know, it's, uh, it's the difficult moments that make us grow. So when we're feeling, I say to people, when we're uncomfortable in our skin, that's a part of us saying, "Mm, it's time to grow. You know, when we're hitting a wall or we're frustrated or, you know, for me, it was like, oh, I'm going to move to D.C. I'm going to make it happen. And it was like, no, this is not flowing. This is not happening. How can I just say, okay, you know, this was a great opportunity for me to say, I don't need to push something. I'm willing to allow to have it, allow it to happen. Thank you for this opportunity for me to explore a place that I decided not to, to move to. And I was gung ho and moving to DC. (laughs) So, but now it's funny. I don't feel attached to any place. Like right now where I am is awesome. Which kind of feels like some sort of like enlightenment in itself too, to realize like you are home where you are. Yeah. You are home when you're somewhere with people you love. You're home when you're good with yourself. Like, and you realize how boring life would be if there were no challenges. You'd have no good stories to tell. You'd have no growth. Like it would just, I mean, to make it kind of a little bit lighter, it's like life would just be boring and not that exciting. And no one would really care what you have to say because what have you learned from everything being easy Mm -hmm. 
um, forever. So, I mean, it is nice to sometimes look at something that's challenging or difficult or making you feel a certain way or making you feel an emotion you don't want to feel and being like, okay, I feel this way. Why? And almost, you know, I don't get angry very often. So when I do, it's almost like, wow, I'm angry. Like this is, (laughs) this is an event. (laughs) I'm like, this is exciting. Um, and then, I mean, on the, the place thing, I, I have traveled more the last two years than I did the previous three. And there are moments where I feel like I'm out of a suitcase too much. And it's, it's, it can be stressful or just, you don't sleep as well in beds that aren't yours, all these things that we all know and feel. But then, you know, if you flip it on its head, even though that is all true lately, when I show up somewhere, I'm so happy to smell something different, to see something different, Mm -hmm. to, to feel a different way. Um, I had, I hadn't been to New York in longer than I usually go when I was there last week. And, you know, there's something about New York in the fall or as it's turning fall, that's extra special and magical, but just smelling like the garbage or the Hudson river or something. I was just like, this is great. I love it. (laughs) And, um, you know, and if I actually lived there all the time, I'd probably hate it. But in that moment, it just felt, I felt so lucky to be waking up in that city and, and be there and be able to have a reason to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then got felt lucky to come home and be here. Um, so it's, it, it's interesting how perspective can really like change everything. Thank you so much for both of, for both of you being here today and having this conversation about being enough, um, what is enough, what isn't enough, gratitude, and um, just showing up in the world. So thank you, ladies. And, um, you know, I want to reach out to people that have been listening to the show. If you would like to work with me, and I'm really happy I'm You know, I have clients now that are reaching out, uh, new clients from Seattle and Chicago and around the country. And if there are other people that would like to work with me, we can do wonderful things together. We can work on nutrition. We can look at your gut. We can work together and, and help you find a way that you can start nurturing you and bringing balance to your life. So if you'd like to do that, you can reach out to me at megrichichi.com. So today, I want to thank everyone for listening to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. You can subscribe, rate, and review. I would love to, if you enjoy the show, review my show, rate my show. And you can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you can get your podcast. So until we meet again, much gratitude. You are amazing exactly the way you are with all your imperfections. You are beautiful. Many blessings until next time. Be well.